You're listening to the Mindful Psychology Podcast, a podcast designed to explore mindfulness, psychology, neuroscience, and various aspects of holistic health. My name is Jen. I'm your host. I'm also a therapist, an educator, and a yoga teacher. Join me and brilliant guests as we explore various topics and offer you actionable steps so that you can be informed and intentional about your health and well-being. Now sit back, relax, maybe take a notebook out, and let's dive in. Welcome to a brand new episode. Thank you for joining me today again. And as always, thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Um, I always love connecting with you. So I really look forward to, to recording these, these episodes. Um, okay, so today we are talking about healing trauma in relationships. So a few things are going to be part of this episode. So the first thing is this concept of healing that can happen in relationships. So we've talked about in the past how, of course, seeing a professional for our mental health needs and for healing trauma is so important. But as a nice compliment to this, and also very powerful in its own right, is having healthy relationships, building healthy relationships and learning to create healthier dynamics for ourselves, right? Whether it be our relationship with ourselves or with the people around us, equally important, okay? So this is something that we're going to talk about because, of course, so much can be done in the actual relationship. This is sort of like putting into practice what we learn, right? And that's really what reinforces the notions that we learn, that we practice in therapy or that we, or some of the things that we talk about here, like that's what really is going to, to become your reality, right? So that's an important theme as part of healing trauma in relationships. And then, of course, there's the actual part of this that is relational trauma like things that we may have gone through in relationships in our lives at any point in our lives that were traumatic and that were very painful for us and so that's something that we need to tackle because that will we will carry our experiences with us but it's up to us to decide how we carry our relation our our experiences with us into our relationships right this is also that idea like tied into this is the idea of learning from our experiences and adapting the way that we uh, relate to our experiences, right? So making sure that we have healthy adaptive mechanisms rather than like maladaptive mechanisms to, to our experiences, right? And part of this is what we talked about in episodes where we discussed defense mechanisms, coping mechanisms, and how we develop these as a result of our experiences and how some may serve us and some may no longer serve us. So we'll also be hinting at that, like that will be relevant here. And then, of course, yes, how we how we adapt, how we associate, right? Like the kinds of associations we make to certain uh, to certain dynamics, to certain things, and what we can sometimes look for when we're afraid, because we've been through it a lot. We might look for it, or we might see it where it might not be, uh, stuff like that. And also, ultimately, how to develop trust, how to how to make trust and security the new normal, and not fear and betrayal or pain or trauma the normal. Right. So really trying to transform the way we relate to ourselves and others. That's really what we're doing when we talk about developing secure attachment, building healthy relationships, healing, all of that. Yeah. So that's what we're discussing today. And also we'll be breaking down some different dynamics. So I'll talk about some red flag behavior. I'll talk about we'll do like a compare and contrast. Like this is what an unhealthy situation would look like. This is what a healthy situation would look like and so on. And then I'll not spend too much time, but still a a certain amount of time talking about um, some more challenging 
dynamics, the more challenging things that can happen because this especially can be particularly traumatic. There's a lot involved in some of these dynamics and um, it's important to keep those in mind when we're going into our healthy relationships so that they don't overpower the way that we relate to others, that way that they don't overpower us, right? And one more note before we dive in, um, last episode and the episode before were very personal for me, so I did share quite a bit. Um, and so we will revisit that briefly, like I will make some links, but this is definitely more back to our original feel, our original tone, our original structure of episode. Um, but yes, I will be referencing some of those things now that you guys have so much more context. Um, yeah, as we as we talk about different things, especially if it's something that I can really relate to. I, I obviously want to give my insight, but of course this is... Um, I still want to keep this as general as possible, as always, so that um, so we, won't, we don't get too specific and maybe everybody can find something <laughs> or as many people as possible can find something. All right, now let's dive in. So first and foremost, healing, trauma and relationships. Um, I'm not saying that we have to use our relationships to heal trauma, okay? But they can help us heal a lot because we're putting into practice things that we're learning in the different aspects of how we're educating ourselves and informing ourselves about our mental health and how we're being intentional about that, right? And so healthy relationships will allow us to do this. And one thing I talked about uh, mostly in, in last episode, but also a bit in the one before, was um, this idea of what happens when you experience the flip side. So if you were someone who had mostly difficult relationships, not necessarily that all your relationships were difficult, but that a lot of them were, or some very significant ones were, and this was very impactful for you, then it might be hard to think of that ever being different. And this was something that I often felt like a lot of my nucleus relationships or like uh, in my environment growing up were very chaotic and were very unhealthy. And so even though I had very close friends and we had really lovely relationships, um, I, I still felt like a big part of what I was feeling a lot of the time was not a, a trusting thing. Like I didn't feel safe or secure or, or things like that in relationships. And this went in, like it leaked into my other relationships, right? Because that sort of became more overwhelming. The negative side of things became more overwhelming because that's what was most impactful for me at the time. But at the same time, what was also impactful was these great relationships, was these strong friendships that I had and that I still maintain to this day with, with these people. So two of my best friends, actually, we've known each other since we were four and five. Um, and the three of us have known each other for that for that time. And then uh, then the, the, I have another really close friend who I met in high school, as in like we went to high school together and we were very, very, very close in high school. And of course, since then, she actually just came to visit us in September on the island. Um, so we've been very close friends for a while. And then I also have another friend, but I met her maybe almost 10 years ago. Oh, maybe. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. Anyway. Um, so I, I really value like long friendships and they're hard to find and the older we get I think the more challenging it could be maybe um and I like this idea that you can't make old friends you know <laughs> like that song says um so I like that and my husband Thomas as well has that he has very very close long-term friendships and it's nice you know and with all of those relationships of course there are some ups and downs so I'm not suggesting that we have some unhealthy relationships some healthy relationships as in like kind of but things can happen in all kinds of relationships. We can have great moments with some of the most painful relationships we've had. We can recall some great times. And we can also recall some painful moments in the great relationships that we have. Right? So that's something that I want to normalize here first and foremost. So, but the difference is between these things, between these two relationships, is that with the ones that are mostly neg negative, 
that might be the main dynamic. That might be what we see most of and what we experience most. And that can be very damaging to us. Because that becomes, well, the dynamic. That is the relate, the, the core of the relationship. The, the, the feel of the relationship might be that it's unhealthy. That it's, I mean, I don't love saying toxic relationship because I think we can all do toxic things sometimes. But that's what becomes that challenging dynamic where we're dealing with a challenging personality maybe and there are some toxic behaviors in there right whereas with the other one there might be some some painful times we can think of and some toxic things that have happened but ultimately it's a relationship of love it's a relationship filled with trust and respect and healthy boundaries and communication and a willingness from both sides to make it so to make it a healthy relationship that's the big difference here and that's what we really want to talk about here is what are the intentions behind these relationships? What's really the feel? What is going on actually, right? That matters so, so, so much. So, and I don't want to be negative either. Like I don't only want to talk about negative relationships, but of course these are the ones that we're struggling with most when we're dealing with them, right? You guys aren't really tuning into this podcast to hear how to cope with your healthy relationships necessarily, right? Or with your happy relationships. Although, of course, yes, with the conflict resolution and things that happen in the relationship. But of course, we're, that's exactly what we're talking about. It's when there's either conflict momentarily or there's a situational issue in a relationship or we think that maybe this might be an overall unhealthy relationship or like difficult relationship, right? That's why we're tuning in. Uh, but of course, I love talking about positive relationships and happy relationships. Don't get me wrong. I definitely like to throw that in as much as possible because I want to be hopeful for you. I want to show you guys what the possibilities are because they're there. So I should have I should have said it that way instead. Okay, so with that, let's do some comparing and some contrasting. Let's let's look at what can happen. So when we take unhealthy dynamics, and I'm and I'm saying unhealthy relationships where like this is the main energy, okay? And then from there you might see where it exists, situation like in pockets in another relationship, but let's look at when it's mostly like that. So we might see in difficult relationships um, some some mistreatment, right? So like if someone is mistreating you. Um, or they're, 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 let's say, let's take some main forms of mistreatment, uh, betrayal, um, bullying, um, gaslighting, uh, scapegoating, humiliating, shaming, uh, insulting, resenting, competing, um, and, you know, let's, let's, let's start with that. I think that's enough. What do you think? <laughs> okay. And we can probably group these as well. And a lot of them overlap. But let's, let's look at these for a second. If we're in a relationship where it's especially one-sided, like we're, we're often being treated a certain way and we're not doing much in return. Like we're just in this relationship doing our best, but we notice that these things are happening and we don't really know how to handle it. Let's start with that. So in relationships like that, when we feel like we're on the receiving end of a lot of negativity or a lot of pain or a lot of mistreatment, it can really make us question ourselves. It can really make us question like what we're doing wrong. Like what am I doing to deserve this? What did I do to them? I don't feel like I'm doing any of these things to them. I'm just doing my best to, to, to sit here and have this relationship and I feel like there's a lot coming my way for no reason. What, what must I have done for this to deserve this? And so we tend to take it on. We tend to take responsibility, maybe take the blame, and the first thing I want to say here is if someone is mistreating you, it has nothing to do with you. Nothing. I know that's weird to think about, maybe, or it seems counterintuitive, but it's true. When someone is mistreating you in any way, 
that doesn't say much about you. That doesn't say anything about you. But it tells us a great deal about them. It tells us a lot about them. Not about you. Nobody deserves to be mistreated. And as I've said countless times on this podcast, not liking someone or having an issue with someone is fine. Nobody has, nobody has to like you. But they can also just leave. But to choose to mistreat you, to go that extra mile, to mistreat you, to chronically, especially like over time, to do that to you, that is a choice. That tells us a lot about them. That is about who they are, not about who you are. Nobody deserves to be mistreated. Not one person deserves to be mistreated like that. So you certainly do not deserve to be treated like that. So that's the first thing I want to say. Now, of course, as we move along through this, you might notice that, hey, oh, I think I may have done that, or oh, I think I may have done... That's all right. We're not trying to shame or or hurt anyone here or judge anyone here. It's We might all do some things. Now, of course, I definitely want to shine light on abuse. I mean, that definitely, like, we need to talk about in a very real way. Um, but in terms of, like, the more micro things or the things that we may all do sometimes... That's a fact, of course, like I'm not going to pathologize us all, right? Like it's okay, we all do, we all make mistakes. That's, that's absolutely fine. So let's use this podcast or this episode to look at our behaviors, our relationships, our dynamics and see, okay, yeah, I feel like I'm on the receiving end of that. Let's consider that. Or, hey, I think I may have done that. Let's consider that, right? Let, this is an open space to, to explore that. Okay, let's continue. So, so we look at that, and so that's the first thing. That's always the theme. You do not deserve to be mistreated. There is no excuse for abuse, period. Now, if we look at why people choose to mistreat people, there are many reasons. We couldn't possibly explore them all on this podcast, but let's look at some reasons that we've talked about a lot that we tend to understand in general as people. Um, there, are, there are sayings about them. There are things that we you know, even teach children about why people bully people. You know what I mean? Like, let's look at just the general idea. So first of all, it could be jealousy. Some people really give in to that emotion and they really like, like roll with it and they, they internalize it. They really feel it. Um, they could be competitive people. They can be, uh, you know, like whatever the reason is for them. But jealousy is a, obviously a big human issue. Obviously, it's, it's something that's caused a lot of damage in the world, a lot of damage in relationships. It's a big emotion. And we tend to just like throw it around a little bit, but it's actually quite serious. It can be quite serious. Um, so when it goes unchecked, when it goes unchecked, particularly. Um, so again, we can feel things, but it's what we do about it that counts. So when someone doesn't check themselves or doesn't check their jealousy or doesn't check, you know, what they might be feeling, they might have then a sense of entitlement about it you know they might be angry and bitter and whatever about it so they then get a sense of entitlement that they were robbed of something or that you know something happened to them that wasn't fair or whatever whatever now what the other side of that could be is that someone feels that feeling because it is a natural human feeling and they say oof wait no no I don't want to feel that I'm starting to take it out on this person or I'm starting to take it out on myself and that's not healthy for anybody what can I learn from this jealousy? Okay, already we're taking a step at having a healthier relationship with ourselves, with jealousy, <laughs> if that makes sense, and with this person who may or may not even be aware that we feel this, right? This could be somebody that we don't even know or someone that we know. But we could check our jealousy and say, okay, what can I learn from this feeling of envy or jealousy or whatever that can shine light on what I feel I might be missing? I don't know about you or if you can relate to this, but often I, I, what used to happen to me most 
um, was that I would compare myself a lot and then just feel really crummy about myself. I'd be like, oh, wow, I suck. <laughs> like it was more that. But then, of course, some people are more like they, they externalize it more where they're like, oh, this person's annoying me. Like th there's, there's also maybe a bit of that. Like we all handle it differently. But neither one is really helpful or healthy to us because either way, we're comparing ourselves in, a, in an unhealthy way. And then we're sort of like internalizing these feelings and they're not helping us actually move forward so instead we can say well, well hang on a second hold the phone let's pause <sighs> awareness of the feeling of the sensations and say okay what here triggered this what do I feel I am lacking or what do I feel I am not doing or I don't have that is setting this into motion like that is setting this cascade of of feelings and, and sensations inside me we could realize that actually there's nothing. It was just something we thought we needed to have, but we don't need it. And we're actually okay. And we just needed to kind of connect with it, welcome it, be like, hey, what's up? And we realized everything was okay. Very common, by the way. Equally, we could realize, okay, wait, this is shining light on something that maybe I want to do. You know what? I think I want to do something. Or, you know, I think I'm finally going to go do that thing I've been wanting to do. I'm <laughs> being super vague. Place whatever you want as thing. It's up to you. Um, but, you know, so I always say, let's try to be inspired by each other rather than intimidated by each other, right? Like, I love when people are happy. I love when people are shining their light and, you know, like they're just so happy to be themselves and they're just doing their thing. <laughs> I'm always like, yes, me too. <laughs> so I love that and I love that vibe. And I think that there's, we need to normalize that, you know, like just knowing that someone else shining bright does not mean we shine less bright. Like it literally has nothing to do with the other absolutely nothing so like that's something that we can think about that there's plenty of room for us to, to to be us to to live out loud and live the way we want to plenty you know and and to just embrace ourselves for who we are you know accept ourselves and now that we're foreshadowing a little bit what we're going to talk about in the next episodes about like self-acceptance and living free and all of that so already I'm wanting to introduce this idea because this tends to be a very big conflict with conflict with people especially in societies where there's a lot of competition a lot of like where narcissism is really on the rise like this is not just me saying this like this is this is like research is showing this like it's a problem it's a very big problem and, and it's making us be really mean to one another so big important theme to discuss all right next one <laughs> other reasons why people might be hurtful is let's take it up a notch maybe you know i mentioned narcissism let's dive into that one that's another really big issue and you know another thing that we talk about a lot but we might not always realize the severity of is narcissism. Now, narcissism works on a spectrum, of course. We all have levels of it. We're all on a spectrum in different ways. There's such a thing as having too much, not enough, you know, as I always say. But some people live in it more. Some people, really, it's a disorder for them, yeah? Uh, regardless, when someone is exhibiting narcissistic traits, it can be very damaging to relationships. It can be very abusive. And for those of you who listened to last episode and the episode before where I shared some more personal stories and or in the past when I have, you know that I'm very familiar with narcissistic personalities. <laughs> and um, also it's one of my, my areas of expertise because I think that, you know, there's a lot of research being done and there's a lot more to do, obviously, like with so many, so many, so many things in the world. And this is one that really fascinates me and also one that I can really relate to. So I love to help people... Um, find healing and find peace and and healthy relationships and healthy living after narcissistic abuse so this is a really big thing and so not to spend the whole episode on this we will not but to just talk about this what this looks like in relationships is someone who well is frankly 
a, a very insecure person. Ultimately, at the core of any type of narcissism, because there are different types, is a very fragile ego. Okay, you, many of you might know this already, but I'm just going to say it, a very fragile ego. Now, I'm not saying this to shame anyone or to put anyone down. It's just, it's just a thing. It's a fact. And so with this very fragile ego, people can be very defensive. People can be very reactive. They can have a really hard time taking responsibility for their actions. Now, before we start diagnosing ourselves and everyone we know with narcissism, let's bear in mind that, again, it works on a spectrum, and so we can all have moments of doing all kinds of things at any given moment, okay? It's just that the more the person does all of these things and the more it affects them from being able to relate to other people, the more we're getting into a dangerous territory. But there's a lot that can happen before that, okay? We're just looking at different tendencies. As we move into this and we look at these different dynamics, we might notice also someone who gaslights. So often gaslighting is associated with people with narcissistic personality disorder or who exhibit narcissistic traits because they have trouble taking responsibility for their actions. They will never admit that they've done something wrong. So they will, they will blame the other person or they will turn the tables on the other person. This might look like what? You think I'm cheating on you? You were looking through my phone? How dare you look through my phone? Who does that? How are we supposed to build trust in this relationship if you can't even look through my if you if I can't even trust my phone with you? Meanwhile, they are cheating. They just wanted to deflect. Classic, right? We've, you know, classic. Or when um when you know we're having an argument and someone turns the tables and goes like, "Well, I have no choice but to do this. Look what you did last time. Look what you always do. I have no choice but to be this way." Meanwhile, we did something really hurtful to someone and we're justifying it by saying, "Well, I had to. You left me no choice." Well, <laughs> that's not always true, you know. And now you might be saying like, "Oh no, I've done that. It's hate." It's all good. Like, you know what I mean? Like I said, we can all do s s things like that sometimes. I remember once I had an argument with my husband a while back and I said the same thing. I was like, well, I felt like I had no choice but to lash out. You know, like I felt like I had no choice but to say that. And then as I said that, I was like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I a thousand percent had a choice here. Like I totally had a choice. And this also shines light on this idea. And we will discuss this, of course, as part of this episode in that, you know, how we like what we make excuses for in relationships and how we can actually better ourselves so that we're not punishing our partners or our loved ones for things that we've been through, right? And as a result, also punishing ourselves. So I'm just going to hint at that, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, okay? <laughs> so, you know, things like that. So I'm not, again, I'm not shaming anyone here. Like even I've done things that I'm not proud of. It's It's all good, okay? It's really what we do about it after, okay? So... I mean, I'm not saying like left and right, let's just mess up and then say sorry. Obviously not. It's quite the opposite. Let's be preventative. But I mean, you know, things happen. Okay, so <laughs> carrying on. Um, yeah, so this kind of dynamic. And then, of course, with narcissistic traits, narcissistic personalities, let's say it like that. Um, this naturally will make relationships very difficult with a person like this because they're not taking responsibility for their actions. In more extreme cases, they're not able to relate to another or really care for another or put the other in front, like the other's needs in front of their own. When when the situation calls for it, it's they're really uh, like self-serving relationships a lot of the time. People are, uh, with these personalities, really see everyone as playing a role in their story. Like, like they're all puppets and they're the pu the puppet master, right? Like there's a bit of that dynamic too. Um, and in family units, sometimes you might have, and this is why I had that episode about the narcissist and the scapegoat. Um, you might have like a narcissistic parent or two narcissistic parents and then like a scapegoat child, let's say one scapegoat child, for example, and then like other siblings or other family members are sort of like in this bubble of, of manipulation and they're all 
sort of uh, they each have their role and usually it involves scapegoating the scapegoat child because th that's how you scapegoat right like you you pack mentality isolate them right like so we, we talked about that at length in, in a couple episodes a while back um and so there's that dynamic as well that it's very damaging and then of course the natural that might seem obvious progression of things where obviously when you have parents like that or when children are exposed to this in their de developmental years they will develop narcissistic traits they will as a means to survive potentially develop narcissistic traits not always obviously but it can happen so there are ways to create this too um it's not just like that you're born like this you can absolutely create this either by um by always putting someone on a pedestal by making someone think that they can do no wrong and that they're just amazing no matter what and if anyone thinks otherwise well that's their problem um that that it's a problem with the system it's a problem with the this it's a problem with that but never ever with the child right or, or with the person and then the, the the child grows up to be an adult like that right as you can see um that, that that sort of it tracks right and then also you can do it by treating them in the opposite way right that can also lead to that but not necessarily you can also have people who 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 find new ways of adapting who say like no i don't want to be like this or no i want to take responsibility for my actions i want to be a good person i want to care for others and that's often what you also see so i, I don't want to make it sound like it's always negative you can have very sensitive empathetic people that come from very abusive homes so it's not um it's not mostly negative it isn't so yeah so then both things can happen it's just to give you some context into what narcissistic abuse can actually do all right, so now we've unpacked that a bit. So we've talked about like jealousy, competition, very big issue. That led us to talking about narcissism and like some narcissistic traits and how that can affect relationships. And then just to sum up before we talk about what healthy relating can be, let's just talk about in general, like sometimes when people do mean things, you know how often people will say, oh, well, hurt people hurt people. Or when someone's being picked on at school, you know, we teach the, our child to say, oh, sorry, we teach our child, well, you know what, if they're bullying, maybe it's because they're being bullied at home, or maybe they're angry, or maybe they're, you know, whatever, that's how they're treated at home. And so they act out at school with people that they can actually treat like that, because possibly they can't treat anybody at home like that. You know, like we, we say that, um, or we notice that we see these children acting out or being rebellious or being sort of bullies at school. Chances are, they're being bullied at home and they have no say and no voice at home. And so they really take it out on people that they can get away doing it with, right? And then, so we see that and it's the same for adults. It's the same. So this will, if it's not, if it goes unchecked, it'll, it'll get worse. And you'll see adults behaving this way. And so if you have people that are constantly disrespecting your boundaries or making fun of you, insulting you at every turn, undermining your intelligence, um, making fun of your appearance, um, even... Again, if going back to the gaslighting thing, even trying to villainize you. Like some people, let's say, we'll often find with people who are aware that they are difficult people or are aware that they're... I mean, some people are just mean, okay? <laughs> like, let's just be honest here. And I think most of them know they're mean. I think they try to pretend that they don't know or they try to, to make things right. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm a good person. Like, I care so deeply. Like, I'm sure they do. Um, and I'm sure they try to make things right at night, maybe before they go to bed or whatever. Um, or And that's fine, you know. But as in, like, that's that's their business. That's their journey. But I think most of them know that they're, that they're not being good people at that moment or that they've not been good people for a while. And... And that people have issues with them and that they treat people badly. And they can also see how other people treat each other who are being nice to one another. And I'm sure that most of them can see the difference. And I think that what happens is that they really start to resent the good people. 
They really start to resent kind people. And so what you might often find, and this also goes back to a couple of questions I got from a few of you about this idea that you find that you're in dynamics where you constantly feel like villainized or like you're doing something that has that seems so innocent and that's just so normal, like you're just doing your regular things, but somehow you end up having to apologize because this person just suddenly is like complaining or acting hurt about something that happened or or when you set boundaries and you're just trying to do right by yourself uh, that this person sort of has an un like a disproportionate reaction of victimness to your setting boundaries like that kind of thing um so in this case what often is the reason for that is at the core really someone who probably has well it could be a few things one could definitely be that some people will love the opportunity to villainize someone who is a nice person, who is a kind person. I know that sounds really weird, but it's a it's a very real thing. They will be like, oh, wow, an opportunity for me to villainize this person that everyone thinks is so nice and that I know is so nice. Let me show you they're not that nice. And so they'll push and push and push to try to get a rise out of you until you finally say, okay, this is really inappropriate. We're going to have to end this conversation. Like, I don't feel comfortable con- continuing this way. We're going to need to stop. Like, I'm not dealing with this anymore. And then they'll have that disproportionate, like, oh my goodness, well, calm down. I didn't know you were so sensitive. No need to make everyone uncomfortable. You know, this really hurt my feelings. Like, I know it sounds like I'm being dramatic, but this is a very real thing. Okay, (laughs) very real. And I know a lot of you can relate. And I know I've even spoken to some of you about this. Um, That's what that's, that's what that is. It's this like, oh, there it is. I've, I've gotten a rise, you know, or, oh, oh, there it is. Now you can see their true colors. It's like, oh, goodness. Everyone has multiple colors and everyone has feelings and emotions and everyone is allowed to express their feelings and emotions and everyone's allowed to set boundaries. It's literally our right as humans. All right? Okay. So, like, everybody, let's calm down about it, right? And so there's that. And then, two, another option is that they are they become, they become defensive because you've called them out on something, right? And then that's their MO is to sort of, like, deflect and act like victimized and so that's another motivation behind that and it can both they can both be true at the same time or it could be different motivations behind it or it can be any other number of things but yes we will see a lot of that so if some of you are dealing with situations where like if you have any emotion at all other than complacency and a smile on your face and then you get met with like so much like some disproportionate reactions like that where you're like uh okay sorry like that that's that could be a red flag like if because you are allowed to state how you feel if someone's being hurtful or someone's being mean or abusive um and you state your boundaries or you say okay i'm not dealing with this anymore i'd like you to please leave my home or i'd like you like that is your right there is nothing mean about that there is nothing like that person can feel whatever they want to feel and that's absolutely their right as well but there's nothing wrong with that you're allowed to say okay look you've been inappropriate for too long now I warned you like I did say that I wouldn't put up with this unfortunately you've been really disrespectful to me in my own home in front of my friends and family or whomever whatever it doesn't matter even if it's just the two of you um and I would I would I'm gonna ask you to please leave there's absolutely nothing wrong with that you don't know anybody any explanations for that it's your right right now this might be a bit of an extreme example but that's that's your right and and I've also been in situations like that where it just got so far that I was like actually you know what um I'm going to have to say that we're, that we end this year. That's it. And of course, of course it was like, oh no, like how dare you? And like, after everything I've done for you and like, I need time to heal from this now. Okay. That's your journey. That's your journey. I know that I had a right 
to stand up for myself here. I know that I had a right to do what I needed to do. Finally, after all these years, I stood up for myself. That's on me. I just never did before. Now I am. I'm, I understand that maybe that hurt you. I don't really think it did. I think you're just more upset that you can't mistreat me anymore. But hey, okay. Sorry. And um, all the best. We're done here. You're obviously not enjoying this relationship. I'm certainly not enjoying this relationship. Farewell. You know what I mean? And it's not to be petty or catty. It's, I mean, it's nothing like that. It's just ultimately that's what it ends up being, right? That's ultimately what, what it's about. It's like, okay then, well, all right. And of course, they have a right to say whatever they want to say. That's okay. I'm not going to eclipse their reality. I'm not going to say like, no, no, you're wrong. You're horrible. You're crazy. Like, not at all. You have your experience. I have mine. You have your rights to that. I have my rights to mine. Period. Period. There's no fight here. There's no, there's no debate. We've all experienced it the way we experienced it. Done. No need to continue mistreating one another like it's over. The person who continues to mistreat after that, like it's overkill. It's done. You know what I mean? And that again, doesn't say anything about you. It says a lot about them though. Again, it's the same pattern. It's the same thing. That's why a lot of the time when I say, uh, sorry, that's why when I say that sometimes the boundary is, is, is no contact, that's why. That's sometimes the only solution. Sometimes. Okay? So that's with those situations. Now that we've unpacked like some some general things that we see let's look at what this might actually look like in a healthy relationship all right so now also i want to say before we dive into all of that i know that this first half was 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 heavy and i know that it was a little bit um like i get that these are more difficult topics and more difficult conversations and some of these dynamics can be really triggering um but bear in mind that we're talking about this to, to really just shine light on it and to unpack it. And ultimately the goal here is to separate ourselves a little bit from it, right? It's to look at this as something separate and to go back to that idea that we don't take it on. So just to review that, that concept one more time before we go into this new chapter or this new half is we don't take it on in that we don't take responsibility for other people's actions. We don't do that. We don't take the blame for other people's mistreatment. We don't do that. And also what can help is to look at it in a more analytical way, for lack of better words, let's say. I found this particularly healthy in my case because sometimes I would start to question myself, which is good. Like, it's good to question ourselves. It's good to look at ourselves, check ourselves, of course. But sometimes I would start to be like, wait a minute, am I like misreading this entire situation? Or am I like, I'm not understanding this here. Like, am I doing something wrong? And then I started to separate like what was my responsibility and what I needed to do to hold myself accountable and what was not so much my responsibility. And so that's how I started to decipher everything. I started to look at the way that certain people were, were behaving and started to try to make sense of it and started to try to kind of analyze it in a little in a way. Sometimes too much. Like sometimes I feel like there was no point analyzing it that much, I realized. So then I would back off in my own mind. I would be like, okay, that, that part's not really my business. But what is, is me seeing that what is happening here is not to do with me. They have their journey and I have mine. But what is my responsibility is to stand up for myself. I can't blame them for me not standing up for myself. I can't blame them for me not setting boundaries. And I don't want to live in a place of blame or whatever. I want to live in a place where I'm actually taking, like holding my own and, and coming into these relationships and coming into these situations with, with strength and with courage because I deserve that. You know what I mean? And that's, that's the kind of reframe that I went for and that I try to encourage on this podcast is I think when we set our boundaries, and I believe it was Brene Brown that said this, when we set our boundaries, despite the fact that we might disappoint someone, that's where the magic happens. As in, she didn't say it like that, but as in, when she said that setting, setting boundaries is like setting our limits and standing up for ourselves despite 
what despite the fact that we might disappoint someone I think that's really powerful now I don't want to misspeak obviously and I obviously butchered like her quote but ultimately the way I like to teach it as well is that yes we stand up for ourselves and we and we do what we need to do even though we might disappoint someone and I wanted to talk about this as we go to the first thing is that sometimes we might be afraid to show our emotions. If we were in difficult situations where people get were getting a rise out of our pain or our discomfort or people were trying to get a rise out of us or people enjoyed our pain and suffering for whatever reason or, you know, like there are people like that. There are people who enjoy seeing people suffer or there are people who, who enjoy doing it to others or when someone has a drawback or a setback in life, like some people really enjoy that. Unfortunately, it's true. Um, we might be afraid to show any emotion. We might be afraid to be vulnerable and to open up and because we might see it as a sign of weakness or as a sign of someone then taking advantage of us or enjoying our pain. And that's never a nice feeling. And I'm not saying we all feel that, but I know a lot of you can relate to that. And I can relate to that feeling as well of, of just having such sort of like unhealthy dynamics that had so many, like such a cocktail of unhealthy behaviors that yes, ultimately one of the biggest ones was that I just completely detached in a way. And like, I didn't want to show much because I was like, ugh, like, you know what I mean? Like I just disconnected in a way. Cause I was like, there was just no point showing anything. Cause it would just be, I don't know. It just like, I shut myself off a little bit. But in time, I realized that there's I, that I have nothing to be ashamed of having feelings and emotions. And this is the truth. When we have healthy relationships and we are being vulnerable with someone, that's how we connect. That's how we have real love with someone. That's that's the that's where it becomes real. And so it was a really big transformation for me and like a really big reframe for me to be like, okay, I don't necessarily just need to hide behind the intellectual side of all of this or the analytical side of all of this. I can actually feel so much of this too. It's okay. It's safe to feel. So when I have a thought or a feeling or an emotion or even one that feels maybe disproportionate to the situation, that it's okay. My husband's not looking there like enjoying that I'm feeling that way or my friend is not looking at me enjoying that I'm feeling this way. None of my people <laughs> are looking at me if ever I'm sad or or anxious or whatever thinking, oh, I love that that's happening to her. They're not thinking that. And I, of course, would never think that about them. And now I know a lot of this sounds so negative. I, I do apologize for that. I'm not trying to. But I do want to talk about these difficult things because I know a lot of us feel this. I know a lot of us go through these things. And no, of course, not all of us. But for those of you who can relate to a lot of this, like you're not alone. You really aren't. These are more common than you think, these issues. That's uh, one of the downsides of, of studying psychology is that you learn a lot of things are very common. A lot of bad things are very common. But the good side and the most important side of all of this is that we can learn ways to help and to heal and to make the world a better place in a way, right? By, by doing all of this. So it's actually more good and more positive by, by far. So that's what I want to focus on. Um, but yes, so we keep that in mind as the first note to the second half of the episode that it is absolutely natural to feel emotion. Okay, it doesn't, it's, it's okay. So there's no saving face, there's no pride or whatever. It's okay to feel emotion. It's okay to feel sad, to feel angry, to feel anxious, to feel inadequate sometimes. You know, it's what we do with it. It's what we do about it. Are we going to shame ourselves? Are we going to mistreat ourselves? Are we going to do that to others? Yes or no, that's what counts. But feeling emotions, that's, that's inevitable for the most part, you know, it's, we don't want to shut ourselves off from feeling emotions, all of them, even the, the ones that are hard to, to deal with, because then we're shutting ourselves off from feeling even the more beautiful ones, 
that's true, you know? And so we need to keep our hearts open. So one thing I learned in the last five years with, with my husband, oh my goodness, yeah, we've been together almost, yeah, no, it's been half a decade, wow, okay. <laughs> anyway, so um, what I've learned in the last five years with, with him is that, well, that was one of the big lessons I learned, is that in healthy, secure relationships, there is no being afraid to show emotions. Like there is no... Like, he he will not derive pleasure from my discomfort or from my pain. He, in fact, goes out of his way to avoid it and to make me not feel it. Because I do the same for him. I would never want him to be distressed, so I would do everything in my power to make sure he's not in pain. Now, of course, we can't control everything for each other, but this is ultimately what you do with someone you love. And it's the same with my friends. Now, what we can't always control, or what we can but we don't always notice, is how we can sometimes bring this fear into our relationships. And then we think people are thinking things, right? So when I was really dealing with my trust issues, I just assumed everybody was going to be like the people I had known. I thought, well, if so-and-so can do it, they for sure can. Because if even my fill-in-the-blanks can do that, then they can and so that was a big journey for me to realize that, no, not everybody wants to make people feel bad. <laughs> not everybody enjoys mistreating others, right? And to really get vulnerable. I'm not saying, again, like I said multiple times before, I'm not saying, like, start sharing your deepest, darkest secrets with everybody willy-nilly. Like, no. But as in, to actually develop those safe relationships, we can, we can do that. But we first have to be aware of our traumas, of our pains, and be willing to work on developing security inside of ourselves and then being open-minded and open-hearted with the new relationships that we develop. So even with the relationships that I kept throughout all these years, they evolved as a, as a result of my becoming more trusting because then I had more trust with them too because there was a time where I just wasn't sure anybody could be trusted that I thought, I mean, I don't even know anymore. You know, like there were times where I was coming to terms with everything that I just never really felt safe with anybody but myself, Right. And then before that, not even with myself, right? So in time, I had to learn. And that changed my relationship, my friendships too, right? Because then I started to be like, to talk about that. And I started to open up about it. And I started to know that, hey, in time, I'm going to share more and more. And I'm going to share differently. And I'm going to be more and more vulnerable as I grow and as I learn. And it's going to deepen our connection. And that's what happened with my friendships. And then it was the same thing with my husband. There were times where I was afraid. I was like, oh, I don't know, like if, if that happens or if that happens, you know, and I started to kind of bring it in. But I knew I didn't want to punish my, my husband for the things that I had been through or for the things that other people had done. And I certainly wanted to take responsibility for things. You don't want to stay in a relationship and just be like, well, well, I've been through this and these are my sensitivities and these are my wounds, so you better get used to it because these are my wounds. You know what I mean? We don't want to do that. Like the goal with all of this is to not have that. So we can't unexperience things that we've been through. Of course not. And we can't erase our memories. We can't erase sadness that we felt or pain that we felt or anxiety that we felt. Of course not. But we can, first of all, change the way we relate to those things, like how we associate with those things. We can change how they how they live inside of us or like how we live as a result of the things that we've been through. So how we develop. And we can change our future. We can change what, what role they play. So in my case, I had to make a decision. Is this going to keep me closed off or keep me um, always being in a protective state with myself because I want to make sure I don't go through the same thing? Or am I going to learn and be like, no, I've seen what the alternative is. I don't want to live like that. I want real love. I want real security. I want real happiness. Like, I want that. And I'm willing to do what it takes to get, to get it. That's the decision I made. 
And it's not easy. It really, really, really isn't. And this is over years. And like, I think we're learning every day to be better people and to have healthy relationships. It's, it's, you're never done, okay? And so I, th- I thought to myself, like, I want to make this matter. I want to make this count. I want to make this good. So I need to make sure that I take responsibility for my sensitivities or for my wounds or for my triggers, right? And if I'm going to do this, I need to trust that my partner, my friend, my whomever, that my whoever, the, the uh, family member, whatever, is not going to do this to me or they're not looking to do this. So first of all, I don't live or behave because of someone else or, or in spite of someone else or in case someone else, like, no, I live for me, number one. And I will feel whatever I feel and, and think whatever I think and honor my my experience with something because that's that's what I need to do for myself. That's what we all need to do for ourselves, first of all. Second of all, I know that the only way to build the trust is to be vulnerable. So I'll, it's gradual, it's step by step, but I will, I will learn. And so in time I learned, okay, yes, no, this is safe. <laughs> this is a safe place. No, this person is not trying to hurt me. Or no, this person is not looking for ways to, you know, like this is a good, good place. This is, this is all good. And I'm safe here and it's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good place. And so I slowly started to develop that. And then when things would happen, instead of being like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like sometimes I would have reactions and I, I felt like they were disproportionate or maybe they were perfectly proportionate for how I received it, for how I experienced it. And then I would explain. So I wasn't trying to make excuses. I was just saying, okay, I apologize. This is how I received it. This is how I felt it. I know you didn't mean it like that. It's just how I received it. It reminded me of this, 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 this. I'm sorry. My reaction was more to do with what it triggered and less to do with how I feel about you and how I feel about what you said. I'm just giving you some context. I'm sorry. I'm going to work on it. Now I'm aware. Okay, you go. (laughs) Like, I remember that being one of the first conversations after an argument with my husband. I was like being so, okay, uh uh-huh, all right. Because I was still sort of like shaky. And then I was like, okay, now your turn. (laughs) And then he was like, okay, understood. I'm aware now too. Good to know. I totally get where you're coming from. That's something I'm going to keep in mind as well. Um, and he was trying to like touch on all my points too, so that it could be like um, vis-a-vis, kind of like, you know. And then he was like, but also just so you know, I meant it like this. I never meant to, to you know, to make you feel like that or to make it sound like I was saying whatever, whatever. And of course, he had so much context into why I felt like that already that he was like, just so you know, I know what it made you think of as well. I thought of that. And right after I said it, and I'm I'm very sorry. And I'm aware. So it's about being aware of the sensitivities of yourself and also of the other person in the relationship so if I know that my husband has a certain sensitivity or that my friend has a certain sensitivity I'm going to be mindful of that you know it's about being informed about the people in your life you know it this is not because we're walking on eggshells in our relationships or because we're not feeling like we can be ourselves it's that healthy relationships do take that intentional effort they just do we don't want relationships where we're just like running roughshod over one another, taking each other for granted, you know, reacting on every impulse and, and just treating each other however the wind is blowing that day, you know what I mean, or whatever mood we're in. We don't want to be doing that because if we don't check ourselves and we don't pause and act more mindfully, like behave more mindfully, we, we risk hurting ourselves and others. It takes intentionality, like it takes time. That's why we talk so much about mindfulness. It's And yes, it will become more natural as we go along, but it's about checking ourselves. And so still to this day, sometimes I might say something in a in a bit of a, a, a dry tone and I'll literally, I'll catch myself and I'm like, wow, I'm sorry, that came out 
I'm so sorry. I was thinking of something else at the same time. I apologize. That was so like extra. <laughs> like, you know, and we can even laugh about it. I'm like, sorry, that was aggressive. Um, I apologize. You were saying, um, you know, and sometimes it's light like that. And other times it's like, you know, I was thinking about the conversation we had the other day and I, I don't think I handled it correctly. I just wanted to like, I just wanted to apologize and uh, maybe have that conversation again. <laughs> I feel like maybe it didn't go so well or I wanted to ask you if maybe you felt like something wasn't good in that or like if maybe I overlooked something. I don't know. Like, how did you find that conversation or whatever? Like, these are just random examples. But these are the kinds of things we want to think about in healthy relationships, right? It's about actually getting vulnerable. It's about really doing all the things that we're talking about like we talked about last episode like we talked about the episode before like we've always talked about we can't control that there will be unhealthy dynamics in the world we can't control that we might end up in one of them sometimes it's just like that i know it might seem weird some people might be thinking like why do some people stay in these relationships for so long it's not that simple sometimes you can be with a person for so long you don't even realize that it's that what they're doing is mean i can relate like i'm sure many of you can or in my case, my main reasons were I've just been in this relationship for so long, like I don't even know what else to do. B, the, like the second one was also that sometimes I didn't even notice, like it was so normalized for me. I just thought that that's what, like how people treated people. The third one also was that I saw some good in that person and I was like, no, 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 but they can be so lovely. Like I, they, they, they're so much, they're so good at heart. And so I would sort of stay with the person that they could sometimes be. That's a really big reason. And I know I'm not alone in that. Many people stay in relationships for that reason. Another reason for me also was that they were family. I was like, but it's family, like whatever, put up with it. You know, like it is what it is. Um, these were big reasons or a fifth one that I was scared. Like, and that I think the more aware I became, the more scared I was sometimes to kind of like blow the whistle or to show any emotion because I knew I was going to be met with a lot of backlash from certain people. And if I, even if I just did the slightest thing to, to like challenge the status quo or not even to challenge the status quo, but like just to say, um, like just, just to stand up for myself for a moment or just to say like, well, actually I, I disagree. Like that's, that's not what happened. I, I remember I, I was there. I mean, and especially when it was like about me, I'm like, actually, that's not true. I, that didn't happen. Um, I, I, I haven't been to Montreal since 2018. Like that, that's not possible that that happened and that I was there. No, 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 you were there. And I'm like, I, I promise you I was not. I hadn't been to Montreal since October of 2018. That could not have been me. <laughs> like little things like that. And if I said anything, like even little things like that, it was never received well. So imagine when I had to actually like set boundaries and be like, I'm not okay with this. This is unhealthy. Like bigger things. Um, of course, I was met with backlash. And then I was afraid to, to show that because then I felt that it would invite a lot of a lot more criticism and a lot more meanness and a lot more judgment and a lot more insulting and villainizing and scapegoating and gaslighting and the whole the whole family of 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 buzzwords, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so I was afraid of that. But then I realized, well, they're going to be thinking and saying whatever they're going to be thinking and saying anyway. I may as well live my best life in the meantime. Or not in the meantime, but like while I'm at it. Do you know what I mean? Like if I'm doing this for me and I'm doing this to live a good, healthy life filled with love and healthy, secure people, uh, then I'm going to go do that regardless. I'm not going to be held back because somebody has something, like somebody has a negative opinion about me or because somebody thinks that I'm mean because I finally stood up for myself. Like, you know what I mean? If I actually have something to apologize for or we're going to have a, like a rational conversation about things, um, absolutely, a thousand percent, I'm right there. I'm here for it. 
Um, but that's not what was happening, right? As I discussed with you uh, last week and the week before, these were no, these were conversations that weren't happening. In fact, when I would try to have them, because I love conversations like that where we can get real and you know be healthy um, and work on being healthy and correcting and repairing and again more buzzwords. I love those conversations, but they weren't happening. The only conversations that were happening were usually like one way, kind of like judgmental things. Like it was one way. Then if, if ever I had something to say. It's like I hadn't said anything at all. You know what I mean? Like, that's a red flag. If you're having, quote-unquote, conversations with people or you're trying to to do it, to get into conflict resolution or trying to work on something with someone and it's one way, it's only their perspective and it's only serving them and it's only about them and you're being shut down about everything and there's no space for you, that's a red flag. That's a very red flag. Or when you try to initiate a conversation and you try to open up the dialogue or, like, the ways of conversation, uh, the lines of conversation, whatever, and it's like not a two-way street like it's it's just not computing that like that's a red flag if you are staying in a relationship because of what you think the person can be that might be something to think about okay we 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 can't stay because of what someone can potentially be we need to stay or not because of how the person is treating us when someone shows us who they are we need to believe them if we are in a relationship that is difficult where this person has a lot to process or they've been treating you a certain way for a very long time there might be a lot of work to do there and they might not be ready to have the kind of relationship that you want to have or that you need they might not be the person for that and they might not be ready for they may never be ready for that you know what I mean and 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 we have to accept that as well they might not be ready they might this is this might just be how they are it might just have gone on for so long that this is who they are they're usually at that point not only this way with you okay so this is also not me being like oh it was only me like I'm so special like oh my god me 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 like not at all like often these dynamics as I also said in the past I just I repeat just in case just to be safe um to make sure that you know I I I say the really important things a few times um often people who behave a certain way or who have certain dynamics with people Um, it's not usually with one person. It it absolutely can be. They could have really like a thing for someone, but usually that there's an underlying reason for that and you're probably not the first or the last person that that's going to happen with. So so sometimes people, like they have their own journey. They have their own thing that they're working out. And that's, again, not your business. It's not my business. You know, it's, it's their business. Just like your life is your business, my life is my business, right? So it's, it's hard, but it's, it's something that we do need to accept. And so, um, yes, so then moving back to healthy relationships, when we're talking about what it feels like to be healthy. So one thing that we talk about is if we compare and contrast with the first one, like jealousy, for example, in competition, you find that there's not really jealousy in competition in a healthy, loving relationship. Not really. Like, I think we can sometimes maybe feel inadequate or sometimes feel down in the dumps because we're like, oh, wow, so-and-so is doing so well and I kind of feel like my life is falling apart. Like, this is okay. It's okay to sometimes feel, oh, man. Like, we can sometimes feel that no matter what, like, irrespective of what other people are going through and living. And we can just feel that way. Not necessarily because we're comparing ourselves, but because we might be comparing ourselves to a standard we have for ourselves or something, right? And sometimes it's that someone else is enjoying something and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's okay to feel that, you know. But what, what matters, again, is what we do with it. So if we feel a little bit down in the dumps, like, okay, I'm not going through a great time right now. But, you know, my best friend is. She's having a great time. She's living her best life. 
And I'm so happy for her because I love her and I love that. And, I, and I'm here for it a thousand percent. That's okay. That's good. You're letting yourself feel all the feelings because they're real and they're valid and there's no shame in that. But you're also prioritizing the fact that you love your friend and you want her to be happy or you want them to be happy and you're here for it. You know, that matters. Now, if also at the same time you're like, oh yeah, like, you know, it's a little harder for me, that's okay. But you're not making it about her or them. You are you are understanding that they are separate. You are understanding that, okay, it might not be a great year for you or a great time for you right now, but that's separate. That has nothing to do with your friend. You don't resent your friend, right? Or something like that. Like, that's the difference between that and feeling our feelings and, and doing all of that, but choosing that <laughs> and you know feeling the feelings in, in the other way as we talked about at the beginning but then acting out on it in a really negative way and actually becoming mean you know doing doing bad things to people and obviously when someone is going through something difficult we don't rejoice we feel bad like I don't know about you guys but I can't relate to that feeling of enjoying when someone goes through something hard and I think most of you can agree with that like I honestly don't understand and I've fully seen people rejoice in other people's failure like it's and it's a little scary to me like that to me is a red flag like I can't imagine my husband or my best friends doing that I, I just can't they're just not those kinds of people and I've seen people do that and I'm like wow you you're really okay you're really enjoying that like in my head you know um not not out loud but in my head I was like wow that's 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 telling okay noted like definitely don't want to fail in front of you <laughs> like you know what I mean but no I mean either way it's okay there's no there's nothing to be ashamed of we all fail sometimes um or what I call redirect our attention when th something doesn't work for us um you know little side note there but yeah so you know that kind of thing then when we're talking about narcissism I mean this one's a little bit trickier because the flip side of the narcissism would be ideally not to be a narcissist right? um, or if we have certain tendencies that we've developed that we check ourselves and say okay wow am I struggling to take responsibility for something by the way that doesn't mean you're a narcissist you're just human um, am I struggling to take responsibility for something okay yeah I don't want to be that person I want to hold myself accountable and you know, show up and, and, and correct things that I need to correct and actually have healthy relationships. You know what I mean? That's a way that you can flip that around. Or, oh, I think that I was kind of invalidating to my, to my partner the other day um, when I was like, oh, why are you freaking out? Like, why are you acting crazy again? That's nothing. Yeah, red flag. So <laughs> if someone has said that to you or if you've said that to yourself or even to someone else, red flag, red flag, my friend. <laughs> we don't want to talk to ourselves like that. We don't want to talk to our loved ones like that. We don't deserve that and they don't deserve that. So this is also about being compassionate to ourselves. Usually we will like project onto others what we feel. We will talk to, our, you know, to, to others or judge others in the way that we judge ourselves, you know. And so we need to watch that because if we are saying that, we need to wonder like, why am I being so dismissive? Do I talk to myself like that? You know what I mean? So it's always important to say, okay, someone's really experiencing something here. Who am I to tell them what, what it is or, or what they're experiencing? When we see it that way, then we get it. We're like, wow, wait a minute. They're feeling something. They're experiencing something in their own right. I have literally no say in that. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? Like, it is entirely their life and their world. Like, it has nothing to do with me. And so when we can actually see that people are separate from us, and this also ties into narcissism, like, narcissists can't see that. They think everything is a result of them and begins and ends with them, and that everybody is living for them, right? Uh, when we can... And as people, I think that we can often do that. Like, children can be like that, too. It's not because they're narcissists. It's because they're children, right? They're, like, they're, they're absorbing the world around them. Of course it's about them, right? 
And as people, we can be like that as well. We have egos, we're human, we're fallible, it's normal. And so we look at the world and we think about ourselves. We, we, we look at the world through our experiences, through who we are, through how we see things, etc. So that, that counts. And there's no shame in that. It's more just, okay, again, what do we do about it? So it's like, I'm not going to shame someone or judge someone for how they're experiencing something. It's none of my business. Right? So if we can do that even with difficult personalities, like with challenging personalities, if we can do that in the face of abuse, like if we can do that with the challenging personalities we discussed today and in past episodes and say, yeah, I'm not going to take this on. That's your journey. This is mine. Like if we can do it then, we can do it with more like everyday situations like, oh, that person had a reaction that I don't think is appropriate or that I don't think is proportionate, but it's none of my business. Right. You know what I mean? Like we can detach also. But I think sometimes we get so hyped, like when, you know, with people who get road rage um, and I used to get like serious road rage. Like I used to drive a lot, a lot for work um, a few years back, like especially in Montreal. I drove a lot. And so I was sometimes get so annoyed when people were slow or when people would hesitate. I'm like, oh, my goodness, would you just go? And then I was like, hey, but why am I so bothered by these people? Like, let them live. <laughs> like, Let them live. And so as soon as I clicked with that, I was like, yeah, mm hmm. Let them live. Like, it actually has nothing to do with me. So it's none of my business. I need to back off. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so it's good, like, to check yourself. Uncertainty is good. Questioning yourself is good. Like, checking yourself is good. Putting yourself in your place sometimes is good, you know? Um, and, and settling ourselves down, you know? Like, tucking away our egos a little and being like, right, chill out, you know? Um, and then equally on the flip side, sometimes... We need to do it the other way. We need to be more compassionate with ourselves. We need to validate ourselves more. And, and, and even in those situations, like, why are you so distressed about this? Why are you so upset about this? Okay, fair enough. Like, you know, I'm, I'm being a little bit funny with the other one. But you know what I mean? Like, we always need to treat ourselves with respect. And then we'll treat other people with respect, you know? And so these are the kinds of things that we talk about. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, look, it's already getting, like, to be a long episode. So we're going to wrap it up now. But essentially, that's what I wanted to shine light on is this idea of what could be unhealthy dynamics and what could be very damaging to us and what we could sometimes find normal because we've we just dealt with it for so long or we just don't know what to do. Like, it, 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 we can get really tangled in it. And then looking at what the flip side is, looking at what positive relationships look like and looking at oh wow, like, so that's the alternative. And always thinking, how could this be better? <laughs> like, this doesn't feel right. Um, what, what would feel safer? What would feel good? Like, this, this definitely doesn't feel safe. Um, th these are questions that we can ask ourselves. These are signs that maybe something's wrong or that maybe, yeah, we could be considering different things. So, um, so yeah, so again, just to sum up some main points, um, in all relationships, we can have a mix of good and bad memories and a mix of good and bad uh, experiences. So we can have, we can think back at some of the very difficult relationships we had and think of some good times. That's okay. It doesn't mean that you're wrong about how you feel. It doesn't mean that you're wrong about thinking that this relationship is no longer good for you. Uh, it's just part of life. Okay. Um, and you choose what what you need in your life. On the flip side, you have healthy relationships and happy relationships in which you may have had some conflict or some harder times. That's okay. But both of you chose to focus on the love you have for one another and on the respect, and you worked on correcting your behavior and repairing your relationship. That's the big difference there. That's the first thing we said, or one of the first things we said. Second thing, when we're dealing with difficult things within a, a relationship, whether it be 
um, like often I feel like when people mistreat others or they're they're nasty in some ways, we see a few of the same things. Feelings for you that or words that come up for you might be betrayal. It might be feeling invalidated. It might feel like mm, feeling humiliated. Um, feeling mistreated, like taken advantage of, you know, disrespected. It might be um, feeling, you know, even like used, manipulated, stuff like that. Um, like a disrespect of your boundaries as well. Uh, and then, yes, it could also feel scapegoated, rejected. Like these different things can come up when we think of difficult relationships or that there's often a competition or, you know, you don't feel necessarily safe with this person. But then also sometimes you do feel safe with them because you have good moments. And then that can create a bit of a system shutdown. So when we talked about like that being the case with, with difficult upbringings, when children have abusive parents, it's like on one hand, they're trying to run away away from this abusive parent but then equally their parent is supposed to be a source of comfort and security for them so they're like running toward them but then also wanting to run from them because they're also the source of pain and anguish and fear so that creates a system shutdown and we can have similar things to that like similar feelings to that as adults too in relationships and it can make everything very complicated yeah so that's why I, I like to really do a compare and contrast and and look at some unhealthy things that happen and maybe even see why they happen, but then look at what it could feel like instead and what a healthy relationship is. And I think ultimately the goal is to just think about what you really want in your relationship. Is there more of that? Like, is there something that feels like it's beyond repair and like that other person doesn't even want to repair it? Like they're not even aware of it. And every time you express something, you just get met with negative backlash or you end up having to apologize for something you didn't do like you know do you notice any of those things or is it something that maybe they really are trying to come to terms with or they're just really really struggling with but on the but but then there's still so much love and there's still so much respect and you 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 feel safe and secure with them in so many other ways there just might be one thing that maybe they don't value in you or that they don't really see and accept in you yet you know um this is something that we will talk about more next time with self-acceptance and and um, with self-acceptance and living free and all that but sometimes it can be you know sometimes people don't or, or maybe our parents don't like the work that we do for a living right it could be that or or you make a big decision and your partner's not okay with it or um, or something like that you know like there, there's sometimes it's like the relationship is great except this one thing but that one thing can be very big and it's not just that one thing. It's it's quite big. So that's important. And so obviously I can't give you specific advice about that on here. Um, it's not really the kind of platform that it is. But if you are struggling with something like this, you can reach out to me. Um, you can ask some questions. I can always do my best. Obviously, it doesn't replace working one-on-one -on -one with me. And right? it doesn't replace therapy with you know another professional as well. But as in... Um, you know, we, we, you can ask some questions. I do try to tackle some things, but but still as a theme that even when it's like, oh, just that one thing, it isn't just that one thing if it's becoming so overwhelming. Um, it does matter. And there are ways to work through it, by the way. I'm not saying throw in the towel. There are ways to work through it. But we just have to look. We need to look at our relationships, evaluate what's going on, what, what, what the dynamics actually are, um, how the person is treating us like what commitment they have to making the relationship healthy what commitment and intentions you have to making the relationship healthy and are we in sync is this is this a joint effort are we doing this together that's hard and sometimes we can find it like we can not be in sync at first but then we find it sometimes we think we're in sync but actually we're not and sometimes we get on the same page and sometimes we don't and so we just need to see what's going on there and you need to see how overwhelming that becomes for you and how much it's actually just more pain 
again, sorry to bring my personal story again, but ultimately my biggest decision was, is it more painful to be with this person or without this person? And then the answer was a very clear, uh, definitely it's more anxiety inducing and more painful to communicate with this person. The thought of being without this person, though I know it's going to be met with some general backlash and 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 like an up like a like a roar of the same kind of dynamics and drama, I'm ready for that. That that's that's nothing to me now. Um, but like being away from that is the best decision. I can absolutely handle being away and dealing with whatever kind of dust needs to settle afterward, like a thousand percent. And that was exactly what ended up happening. It was absolutely fine, um, but staying felt unimaginable for me, for those situations. We have to make the same decisions each time for ourselves. It depends. Sometimes you might say, no, 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 I want to make this work. I want this to work. I want a good relationship here. Like, I, I, I love this person. You know what I mean? And like, we, we can work this out. It depends. There's no one good way to do this. There's no right way, wrong way, okay? There, there are ways that we can work things out if we, if we want to. And if we, I mean, not all, okay, sorry, not always, <laughs> sorry, because it's not all on us. It's a two-way street. So sometimes we can be giving our all, and it, we, we definitely have established that, um, that we can be giving our all and doing everything that we can, but it, that's not all it takes. It takes two people doing the work, and not everyone is ready. Not everyone is willing. Not everybody sees it the same way. Not every, Like, everyone has their journey, right, as we said. So we really just need to look at the whole picture, and... Um, and try as much as possible, even in that situation, to not be judgmental, to not be uh, like to not be shameful. Just to look and say, okay, I really think that they might not be ready. Like it's just not in their in their world right now. Like it's just not something for them. It's not a thing for them. Uh, I'm, I, but but I'm ready for for something else, and I I need something something different. And uh, that that's that. You know, we're not, we're not superior to anyone. Uh, it's just it's just whatever is, is good for us, healthy for us. Yeah? Okay. Alrighty then. Okay. So we will be back. I will also do uh, a Q&A. We will talk about different things. It will be fun. I will answer some questions. We'll get into some more specifics, but also, you know, as much as we can. Um, and then only a few more episodes and then it's the end of the year, right? So, okay. Thank you again so much for tuning in. I will be back next week. I hope that you are well. Talk to you later. Ciao.